the situation is awful, but I see it as a kind of a blessing in terms of how it's helped fitness or it's pushed fitness coaches to make the jump online. So like people are now opening themselves up to a global audience, which is good because it's forcing them to no longer rely on referrals, which was sort of the main way that personal trainers would get new business was just through referrals. Welcome to the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast, the show where we discuss what it takes to create a sustainable long-term online business in today's fast-moving environment. We talk with industry experts and freelancers alike to find out what it takes to build and manage a location-independent business. Hello, welcome back. If this is your first time joining, then welcome. This podcast is for digital entrepreneurs carving out their slice of the online economy. To download my free guide on starting a business online, head over to digitalnomadcafe.com forward slash start. Today's guest is Bill Clark. He's joining us from the UK. He is the founder of Mustard Fox Marketing and is focused on helping health and fitness coaches get a steady source of leads from Facebook ads with a system called the Lucrative Leads Model. Check out his website at bill-clark.com forward slash go. Bill, welcome to the show. Hi Adam, thanks for having me. So Bill, you help fitness coaches with lead generation, isn't that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So tell us a little bit about how you got into this, you know, how you got started working online. I'll run back a couple of years. So I actually started when I was at uni, I was studying business management and it was just over a year in, just after learning about management theories from the 50s or motivational theories. It was just not really what I wanted at all out of university or education and I remember the day it was I was walking into a Waterstones the bookshop and I came across a digital marketing book I've I've forgotten the name of the author but I ended up buying it and it sort of had a snowball effect after that I was like oh I'm studying a business degree and didn't really have much awareness on social media so That book sort of led to a webinar, which led to more YouTube training. And eventually I was sort of building up my knowledge on the topic. And once I was doing this, I was sort of fed up of uni. So whilst I was there, I started working freelance for my dad's business, like applying what I was actually learning. And eventually I was hating university. It just wasn't for me. So he was just like, oh, well, you're doing a good job for us. Why don't you just do it for other people and make money? So that's how I sort of got started in social media marketing. It was that sort of journey. And what was your dad's company? Local in York. He's got a windows and double glazing company. Oh, cool. So you were just helping him with the social media marketing and then, you know, as I say, honing your skills. And once you started generating leads and business for him, just start doing it for other businesses in the local area. Yeah, exactly. Because I've always been good at maths. I've been good at business and sort of the analytics side of the Facebook marketing. It was quite easy for me and I was quite good at knowing where to go next in terms of the campaigns. So yeah, I just word got out like because he's got friends who are business owners because they're all that sort of age. So I started doing a bit of work for them Then it just grew from there locally. That's it, probably in B&I and Chamber of Commerce and all those sorts of things as well, you know, over the years. So um, old school business owners, but with good networks of people who have businesses. Oh, yeah. Like 
we talk about social media marketing being like amazing, but you just can't beat a good network at the end of the day, can you? For sure. No, absolutely. I can definitely attest to that one. So yeah, so I guess you, you went out as a freelancer then in the local area. So, you know, was there a, a point where you decided to start looking for you know clients offshore or to niche down? You know, what did that process look like? I can't really remember when it dawned on me, but it just sort of came to me where I was like, oh, I, I am an internet company. Why am I just limiting myself to my area? So then I started to think, all right, I'll go online. I wouldn't say go international, but just open myself up to a huge array of clients online. And my journey to my niche was actually a few of my friends were fitness coaches, like both online and in person. Like the ones online were sort of struggling to grow their brand and the ones offline were struggling to take their business online, like knowing how to get started with social media. So I never really thought of it as business opportunity. It was more of helping friends. But then once I got results for them, it was sort of like, oh, I, I enjoy this niche. I'm going to stick at it and I can get results for them. That's it. And like you've niched down now and become a specialist in a certain industry and it doesn't matter if the person's in the UK or if they're in Ireland or if they're in Australia, same principles apply, I would imagine, you know, in terms of uh, for the health and fitness nation, it allows you then to kind of replicate the successes that you've had for these people in different areas. Yeah, I think like they all have the same obstacles. I've also come across like they all have the same mindset of their main focus isn't scale their business to six figures. It's helping their clients get the results. It's not a minimum viable product that they offer. It's helping their clients get the best results, which I quite enjoyed. It was it was sort of refreshing from working with the local businesses who were just looking for money. I'm now working with individuals who were looking out for other people's health, which was another reason I was sort of attracted to the niche. So it's, it's positive, you know, it, it's, they're breeding that positivity and, you know, that's attractive and, and good to work with. Like you say, and you feel like, you know, they're helping people, you're helping them. So you're essentially helping them help people. And, you know, it, it's all, you know, very positive and uplifting um, to work versus like, like you're saying, like just sell, sell, sell something. And, you know, you don't get any tanks for it, let's say, you know, and you're not necessarily helping somebody or maybe, I don't know, painting their house or something like that, you know, that's it. You know, it's a different level versus somebody's health when you can help them achieve um, health and fitness results. You know, there's a massive change in their life and their body. I prefer working with like individuals or smaller businesses just because like from when my dad started his business, I understand personally what it means for there to be success in a small business because it's not just making more money. It's buying their kids better toys or it's not having to worry about bills on the table, stuff like that, which I really resonated with. When it comes to growing um, health and fitness business online and selling these coaching services, like you mentioned Facebook ads a while ago. So, you know, can you talk me through a little bit of like, you know, what would be the tech stack uh, and how you will go about, you know, approaching to get generate leads for somebody? So I think the main place to start off is with the foundations, which I think a lot of fitness coaches try and skip over. It's just a solid offer for a specific audience and then working on building that audience. And the specific offer is something that a lot of people miss. I don't know if you go through Instagram, like your explore page, 
if you do follow some fitness people, then it's just workout videos, workout videos nonstop. And that's what a lot of fitness coaches struggle to sort of stand out. Instead of just being an online personal trainer, I help them sort of figure out where their niche is, what offer they have, where they help people to go to, like their A to B journey. So I think that's super important, having a specific audience. I've had clients who've worked with postnatal mums. I've had clients who worked with guys aged 30 to 50. It just makes them stand out in a very saturated market. You know, if you go on and start exploring gym on Instagram, you're going to see all sorts. You know what I mean? Every Gymshark model, every model head, you know, it's very different. And it's definitely a, a difficult place to stand out. But, you know, once they have to find that niche, is it something that you would still, you know, recommend that they do push forward with? Is, is using likes Instagram or is targeted Facebook ads more along the lines of what you would recommend? So I think building this audience in this niche, I mean, although I say that, workout videos aren't great. I still think a focused content strategy is where they will get that competitive advantage. So it's just stuff like posts that add value, it's testimonials, it's entertaining posts as well do really well. Sort of instead of just posting for the sake of it, each post should have a purpose behind it. Like what are you trying to bring to that audience to make them want to be engaged with you? So I normally say that content is one of the main pillars in the foundation, but you've also got to have inbound and outbound strategies. So the outbound could be like adding people, like say you work with uh, business people to help them get fit around a busy nine to five job. Then it's like adding people on LinkedIn or it's, it's even looking in Facebook groups in your niche that can help. It's a combination of, it's a targeted approach. Yeah, I know what you mean. Whereas if it's postnatal mums, it's going to be, you know, more mums groups or new mums groups on Facebook or, you know, versus like you're saying that get fit out of your nine to five might be more if you're targeting working professionals, then you would maybe go a LinkedIn approach, you know. So it's it's dependent upon who you've defined as the niche, I guess. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, definitely. Like I always try and say, I mean, because Facebook and Instagram, you, you can't ignore the platforms like keep them in your car but have work on them about 50% but then the other 50% use these other platforms that are more targeted like even TikTok I know some coaches who are doing really well just off TikTok which I personally haven't gone near the platform just because I don't know I think it's got a bit of a reputation for having that younger audience but I mean I'm probably wrong because fitness coaches are doing really well on there just with short video clips on technique how to stay safe doing certain movements and even quick workouts no for sure i guess it's you know if you're creating the right content that people want to consume on that platform it could potentially work for you but like you're saying no more than yourself i keep out of there i don't have time for tiktok (laughs) i downloaded it i had a look i was like nah no not for me (laughs) you know i have enough with linkedin and facebook to be honest and instagram so i sometimes get tiktok on my instagram i just can't stay away from it their ads are brutal. Oh, it's everywhere you go. Every YouTube pre-roll nearly is that. Or, uh, it's either that or somebody trying to sell me a course online. I either get Fiverr or Wix. The Fiverr ad is brilliant, though. I love it. It's a hilarious ad. Fair play to them. <laughs> I think it's brilliant. For your wand's walking around. About the gra- oh, you need a graphic designer. That's great. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. It's every YouTube video I watch. 
that's the world we live in, isn't it? You know, one day, hopefully we'll have a, I don't want to see this advertiser button on YouTube, um, but until that day, <laughs> it's going to be a while, I think. Do you know, I've actually been looking for that button. I've been searching for it, but it just doesn't exist, does it? No, it doesn't exist. You know, you can opt out of all retargeting, which means you'll just get based on your age group and your demographic. Like, you know, you're a man between, I don't know, 20 and 45. So you'll just get dating, gambling and maybe shaving or food or something. You know what I mean? There's no personalization at all. But it's funny how it works. With regards to with these coaches that you're talking about. So like we've definitely seen, and I've seen this with inquiries for the web design business that I run, the amount of Pilates studios, gyms, and fitness coaches, similar to what you're talking about here, who now want to do online classes. Whereas before, it was very one-to-one. It was very personalized. It was classes, you know, in-house, essentially, in their in their gym or whatever. And now everybody's wanting to offer online Zoom class packages. So have you seen a similar shift towards that? Like, what has it been like with the clients who you work with? Yes, yeah, so... The situation is awful, but I see it as a kind of a blessing in terms of how it's helped fitness or it's pushed fitness coaches to make the jump online. So like people are now opening themselves up to a global audience, which is good because it's forcing them to no longer rely on referrals, which was sort of the main way that personal trainers would get new business was just through referrals it's opening them up but it's now demanding that they restructure their business online but to be honest the results that i'm seeing are still great like clients are still getting the same amount of people if not more on their zoom classes well i think it's going to be interesting to see how people will carry on when gyms are back open again and when these Pilates studios are open again, whether people will just realize that, oh, I I can actually do this at home. What's the point in driving 15 minutes to the gym? The people who I've been working with are going to actually offer both. So like, you know, you can buy the packages online. It doesn't matter if you come in store or or in store. If you come into the studio or if you join the class online, you can buy the packages and join the class. And this is something that they never would have thought of doing before. You know, they're just going to set the iPad up at every class and, you know, have good lighting on the instructor. And, you know, you can essentially do both. And these are people who used to turn people away because their classes were too busy. We just never would have thought of doing this. We didn't think people would have done it. But now it's normalized. You know, it's like people don't do it to let people do it. And now it's like, of course, it's normal to do a Pilates class online. If you had asked people uh, six months ago, very few people, I mean, especially in Ireland, you know, and the demographic of, you know, one of the studios I work with is, I mean, their main target demographic is over 50s. You know what I mean? So like they have a lot of over 50s doing, and it's like their Zoom classes are packed full. You know what I mean? With people wanting to do it from home. And, you know, they've decided that even when this opens up, that they're going to continue that because it doesn't limit the number of people who can join the class. It allows them to scale a little bit, you know, and bring in more revenue because instead of just having, let's say, 20 math spots or 30 math spots, they now have, you know, 20 in-house or whatever and 50 people can join online if they want, you know, and they just made, instead of a class where they sold, you know, 20 by whatever, 10 or a class or 15 quid, whatever it is, it's now, you know, by 70. So their revenue can massively increase because they've embraced this online and it's been normalized for them. Yeah, I think that hybrid class, do you reckon, do your, um, those people offer the same 
fitness membership like in person? Like, does it cost the same in person as it does online? Yeah, working through that now at the minute because the studios obviously still aren't opened yet. But I mean, for now, we're just deciding yes. But like, I don't know. It's a hard one, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like maybe we'll do the Zoom classes or less because you're not coming in. You know what I mean? I think most likely that will be the end result. But I mean, for now, just like during the the process, it's just going to be the the price is the price, you know? Yeah, because I've found like, like the gym that I work with, they have maintained the price and people are happy to pay the same to just work at home which is which it boggles the mind but the thing is and this is where it comes down to like you're saying about serving a specific niche and serving a specific audience people like to do the classes with this person it's not about the price it's i like that instructor you know what i mean like that is the person who i feel comfortable with they push me they challenge me but i like and trust them and therefore i don't care that it's online or that it's the normal price it's I like doing my classes with that person. That's the big difference, I think, you know, and especially with, you know, one of the clients we're working with and they're, like I'm saying, it's that 50 plus market, you know, but people just love her. They just love her to bits. And, you know, she has people joining now. This is what I'm talking about. People from Scotland, people from England, like her old friends, you know, are joining her classes and want to, like, you know, whereas before it was like, you just had this little room and it was 20, 30 mats and that was just how it was. Yeah, like you say, it does boggle the mind out businesses are growing because of this challenge i mean look it's not all sunshine and rainbows for everybody some people are definitely going to struggle and, and it's going to be difficult but you know for the businesses that can pivot you know the ones who survive are the ones who will you know like in terms of they will embrace online they will look for potentially get a website they'll be able to sell packages like you, you know you need you know ultimately if nothing else a way to sell you know packages for your class and some sort of way for people to join you online and i mean zoom makes that easy oh zoom have done extremely well haven't they yeah absolutely you know i'd like to talk to you just a little bit about with the with your health and fitness coaches like do you find that having that you know online presence really matters for them you know and and like you know what sort of software and tooling would you recommend that they would have the people that i've worked with one of them for example they had sales funnels they had so they used click funnels for I think they had a couple different funnels. They had a webinar which was actually quite good because it was sort of addressing the problem rather than teaching it because it was a high ticket package and they realized because they worked with older business guys and they were targeting people with money, they set up webinars just to sort of address the problem, explain the solution and then offered their program, which worked ridiculously well. And they also had an online calendar software. I think it was Calendly or something just for setting appointments because they did start off with getting new clients would just be Facebook Messenger. You'd be going back and forth. But now that they set up the calendar, it was just, okay, you book in a time that's best for you then we can have a chat 15, 20 minutes and we figure out if you're a good fit for our program, which I think saved them heaps and heaps of time. Because if you're messaging someone, like it could be late at night, they could fall asleep and you're at work and they're replying. It's it's a lot easier having a calendar like that. Absolutely. And it helps just for your own mental white space, you know what I mean? To like back and forth. And if you can have that automated, were the webinars live or were they evergreen ones? Like, you know, watch it in your own time. So they were evergreen ones. I think they did some live training 
as well to complement it and probably to build that re-engagement audience for the Facebook ads. Exactly that. I think they were planning on doing, we were talking about this recently, a week of live training every single day. So hopping on, I think it was Facebook Live. And then at the end of the week, they were going to like package all those trainings up and sell them. But for everyone that watched every single one and took part in, I think it was a challenge, they got all the recordings for free. I think that built up a huge audience just from people getting involved and actually watching the live videos. And as well as that, it's built a really engaged retargeting audience for them to, you know, if you, if they don't buy it now, you know, they have that video view retargeting audience who they can target with their products and services still. But that's brilliant. You, you've actually led into something that I've really seen a lot of, and it really seems to work for people is these challenges. So um, is that something that you've seen across the board work for your clients? Yeah, definitely. I think um, these short, like five day challenges or like one week challenges because people, well, especially nowadays, they want something to do. They, they kind of want a challenge. And it's easy online because you can share it on Facebook. And if someone shares it on Facebook, they instantly get their friends because that competitive side of them comes out. So their friends, who most of the time are a similar demographic. So if you're targeting guys in their 30s and a couple of them share it, then all their mates who are in their 30s get involved and now you're getting this big audience of people in this challenge obviously you're not going to sell to everyone at the end but it does build a really engaged audience and word really spreads because people like oh yeah i'm doing this challenge and then it's like oh can i join and just word of mouth integrates with the social media marketing which is just really effective and then you've got your follow-ups to everyone that got involved and more keep adding value to your audience and eventually you've scaled your audience by an incredible amount yeah i mean that's that's savage i've definitely seen a lot of people doing it and i agree i mean i agree with everything you're saying there so like if you're you know anyone who's either managing clients who are in the health and fitness niche or you know in lots i mean this can transfer over into lots of different niches but doing these facebook lives you know live training every day for five days you know and then trying to package you know, ultimately you're packaging the content you're creating anyway and uh, giving it away and, you know, creating that really engaged retargeting audience and also, you know, building your list so you can sell, you know, maybe now is not the time for the person to buy, but, you know, maybe in the future they'll they'll purchase from you. Yeah, definitely. Like these Facebook lives, if you do it, well, not scripted, but if you sort of plan what you're wanting to talk about instead of going live and then waiting for inspiration, if you sort of have purpose behind this content, then you just, I don't know, it has this multitude of benefits. Like, yeah, like you say, your email like list will go up, your audience is going up, and yeah, you're retargeting, just your audience is solid. So I guess what's next for yourself now? You know, where is your focus um, looking forward? Well, one of the main ones is waiting until I can fly back to Asia. Hey, I forgot to mention that. You, you left Thailand, so you didn't get stuck there. Yeah, I'm on Skyscanner every day, and the prices just don't seem to move. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe you'll have to get to Bali or something. I think the flights from Amsterdam to Bali are cheap. I'll have to look into that. You obviously came back because you didn't want to get locked down in Thailand. And so, yeah, you're just looking to get back on the road and, and, you know, running the business online. Another focus for me for the rest of the year is building the brand more because I think last year I sort of fell into the trap of 
just focusing on I don't know outbound like strategies for getting leads, like connecting with people on LinkedIn. It seemed a bit quiet because I wasn't posting much content. So now I'm sort of I'm about to start my YouTube channel or my podcast is about to start. And then I'm just gonna build up this brand. Like you've done with yourself. I'm wanting a, a website where you can go to and you can see like my like podcast blog and then what I do separately rather than just having a sales funnel. So I think content's a huge push for me at the moment. So I've sort of started to get the ball rolling. It's just staying focused now. Yeah, that's it. And managing your clients as well at the same time. <laughs> that's often the trap people fall into is they look, they get so busy looking after clients and then they're not looking after their own stuff. And next thing you know, it's two years later and you're like, Jesus, I really should have fucking worked on that two years ago. But now I've just um, taken on like a contractor to actually take over the client side of stuff. So I'm just sort of training them at the moment. And then now I've got time to focus on content as I've already got someone else doing a lot of lead generation and content research for me. So it was just that jump of like, yeah, I'm going to find some good people that I can trust to just help me out, start to build a team. That's it. I mean, that's when everything changes, you know, hiring a, a team, individual experts to try and help you and, and, you know, take you and your clients to the next level. That's the ultimate game changer. When, when that light bulb goes off, when it starts to click into place, that's what changes everything. You know, that's how businesses scale. That's how you get out of freelancer model into a business owner model. You know, have you heard of the book, the E-Myth? Oh yeah. The E-Myth revisited. Sitting here beside me. I've only recently been introduced to books like this. I've just been doing the last 18 months in a plateau, but now it's, it's yeah, it's just going to scale from here, which is exciting. There's another really good one by uh, James Schramko called Work Less, Make More. I love it. And he just talks all about, you know, defining your effective hourly rate. And yeah, I mean, like if you're doing $10 an hour tasks all the time, you know, how are you ever going to grow to, I say, the income level or the success level from a financial perspective that you want to, you know, it's, you're not ultimately because you, you you need to build that team of people. And if you're always in the learning, learning, I need to learn how to use Facebook ads. I need to learn how to do Kartra. I need to learn how to do WordPress. Whereas you could just hire somebody who's really good at it. And then you focus on sales. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that's the revenue generator. So it's like, do that. Hire the person to do, take care of it. It sounds easier than it is because I notice myself, like when you have a bunch of freelancers working on different things, I mean, that eats up your time too, like managing freelancers takes up your time in and of itself so i mean there's just it's just about going through the process you know and refining and getting better over time as you do it and try and create some sort of processes and that simply is google sheets and zoom videos and you know asana checklists or whatever and and you know that's how you then can pick things up you know yeah yeah i've been meaning to get asana for ages i've just been using like a notepad and paper and just trying to memorize everything Old school. Oh, I can't be dealing with that. I'm a huge fan of Santa and Trello. I love both of them. <laughs> I need to start getting ahead with the 21st century instead of quill and paper or whatever I'm using. I did notice your own sites, um, you know, you've got a, a character page. So I'm just curious, like, you know, they're really aggressive with their marketing at the moment. Um, and you know, it's kind of like an, an alternative ClickFunnels was being marketed as an alternative ClickFunnels. How has been your experience using it? Actually, the, the way I came across it, I haven't actually seen any of their marketing. It was a friend of mine. I went on her website and I saw it was Kartra. I was like, oh, this actually looks 
good. So I did the free trial and you just realize that it's got your your landing pages, your webinars, your calendar, your email automation, everything like that. You can manage your team on there. And yeah, it does work out cheaper than having click funnels and then your webinar software and then your calendar. I just found it a lot nicer. The landing pages are much easier to build like compared to click funnels. I worked with WordPress a little bit, but not enough to say that I could make a decent comparison. But yeah, I think I just was attracted to everything being in one place. Yeah, I mean, there's been a huge rise. People wanting that. I, I don't like it's an area in the market that's not served. Like if you're listening to this and you have a WordPress site, I mean, at some point you've hit update on a plugin and it's broke the bloody website. Or you update WordPress and nothing looks like it did before. And it wrecks your head, like it breaks your heart when that happens. And, you know, like these fully hosted solutions, which is like, you know, for e-commerce, it would be Shopify. But for like WordPress, I mean, ultimately there was StudioPress, WP Engine. And now there's Kartra. And I mean, there's another one too called Groove Pages, I think, which is, I mean, the founders of Kartra went their separate ways and Groove Pages is his competitor to the business that he had previously but having it all in one like you know not having to have like a wordpress you need all these different plugins you need to buy them separately pay for different licenses you need to connect it all and it's a big technical headache because you have to keep it all up to date whereas with the likes of you know let's say a character you have like you're saying everything's in one the checkout ability is in one the download ability the email follow-ups like it's all in one so if you're selling coaching consultant packages i think personally like those are you know, really good for the kind of solopreneur, you know, who's selling coaching, consulting, online services. You know, if you have a small, even an online course, you know, you could use it or, I mean, there is Kajabi as well, which is another one, but it's far more expensive. But yeah, I mean, it's just interesting because I've seen you're using it. It's come on my radar a lot. I've I've actually signed up for the trial of it to see what I think of it. But uh, I don't think it's like full suite build a big blog on it. It's more like you're saying for like sales funnels. Yeah, I do agree. Like I'm, like I said, I was wanting to build up the content. I am wanting to build a blog on it eventually. So I think that'll come time to test that capability of it. But I've also found like, because I know that customer service is an issue on other platforms, but Kartra were like amazing. Like as soon as you sign up, you get like step-by-step guides. It's really laid out. And I actually got something in the mail from them. It was just a nice card saying from the Kartra team um, we're so happy to have you on board please contact us here if you have any questions or if anything isn't working we'd love to help you out I just thought that's such a simple and easy thing which really makes the difference like from any other software company I've never had anything posted or anything of that level of service with that, I know ClickFunnels did it years ago when I, I mean, I signed up years ago and they'd send you in the post, you got like a, a t-shirt that said like Funnel Hacker or something on it. And I think it's that experience of like taking it, like when you buy software, it's quite impersonal, like it's on your computer or your phone. You don't physically touch it. It's like, we're recording this in a software called Zencaster. I've never seen Zencaster. My podcast is, to me, the physical aspect of it is my microphone that it's in front of me. Kajabi actually did the same thing because I signed up for Kartra and Kajabi at the same time only a couple of weeks ago just to see because I'm exploring this model and yeah both sent something in the post which I thought was brilliant you know because it takes it from just being software to 
we send you this really nice thing that you can hold in your hand. And that then engages a sense beyond the eyes and the ears, which is, you know, obviously you can't lick Kartra. <laughs> you know what I mean? It takes it to that next level where you physically get to touch something. And, and you know, I think ClickFunnels did that well. And, you know, these other platforms have engaged with doing something similar, you know, like where you get something in the post, like you're saying, you can touch it and feel it. And, you know, there's probably a sticker in there somewhere. And, and you know, it just takes that experience offline, you know, and, and puts it into your house, you know, or your office. I think that makes a difference, you know. I think it's a brilliant piece of marketing and it's a clever thing to do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I still get the emails that Carter sends, like, I don't know if it's daily or twice a week or something like that, because there is so much to the platform. It's training on everything, so you don't have to go on YouTube and find someone who's doing it to then listen to what they say. You can get it from their team straight to your inbox, which I think is great. I think rather than having their own, or maybe as well as having their own YouTube channel, I'd like for them to send me the training maybe because i'm just lazy and i just want them to show me everything how to do it but i thought that was another touch that just really helped my decision on staying with them so sweet bill well look thank you for joining me today it, it's been very interesting i appreciate you taking the time to you know go through all these details of how you're helping coaches um you know with their lead generation so where can people find you if they were looking to connect with you online so I'm probably most active on LinkedIn, Bill Leeds Coach Clark. Yeah, I think LinkedIn's probably the best place to find me. Okay, well, I'll make sure to link to, link to it all in the show notes. So, okay, well, look, thank you. And thank you to all the listeners for tuning in. Uh, it was a very interesting episode. And I'll make sure to link to all the resources in the show notes. Um, thank you, Bill. No, thank you. Nice to speak to you. Thank you for listening to the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. Head over to the website to access the resources and links mentioned in today's episode at digitalnomadcafe.com.